What is going on, comic fam? It is your boy, the Bearded Comic Bro, and I am joined by comic creator David A. Byrne. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I am excited. Um, I was able to reach out to you and talk to you about... uh, I read your issue of Steak um, from Scout Comics, and I thought it was fantastic. And then I've been in this three-month waiting period to read more about it because... Uh, you guys have that where you guys kind of put out issue one and then you give the retailers a chance to kind of get that, uh, get their push in. So, um, but I am excited to sit down and talk to you about uh, your latest book from Scout. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of people have come to us on our number ones. They're like, well, why can't I get number two? And it's driving people crazy. And as I hadn't experienced it yet so much as a creator, because it kind of dri- drives me crazy too, because number two has been done for a long time. So yeah. I've just been sitting there waiting to get it out. But uh I can tell you uh, statistically, it it's actually worked yeah. for us. Um, cool. We've had some titles that I think the orders for number two would have been half what they were mm. if it had come out right after number one, just because of the way the diamond ordering system is. Yeah. So like I yeah, give, it... give you an example, Black, Black Cotton was a pretty hot title for us. And, you know, the number one sold out, but they as number one came out number two is available for order so we actually had a very large increase over number one for the issue two orders so it it does work apparently yeah (laughs) no i mean and it makes it makes sense from a a standpoint of putting that out there uh for sure i just know like i'm i get so excited when issue two comes out because i'm like yes now i can i can read issue two issue three in the next month like i get excited for sure um but if I'm okay with that too, as a reader, as if I know like, Hey, that gives the opportunity for the books to breathe and allow new people to come to it and keep that series going longer for me. I would much rather have that than to say, Oh, give me books one, two, three, four. And then people don't know about it as much. I'm like, I'm okay. Cause I'd rather have more in the long run. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I was actually a retailer for a couple of years. So I experienced having to order a number one from an unknown title mm. then immediately before we ever get it on the shelves having to order two and three often so how do you how do you do that (laughs) yeah how do you order number two and three when when you have no idea how number one's gonna do right it's it makes it and if you think about it with every other thing like you know i'd I'd be i'd order subscription boxes or things like that and i know people get upset like i got charged for another box before i even got my first one like how do and like but then we expect the comic industry to be like cool with that and it's like so it makes sense especially for the retailers so but let's talk about how you got into comics. Um, like I always like to know as I bring on a creator, just how did you get into deciding that I, you wanted to create comic books? Well, it, it pretty much starts. Um, I got, I think I got my first comic in like 87, maybe when I was about five years old. Uh, I know, I remember it was a transformers comic. I probably have it somewhere. Don't remember what it was about or anything. Um, but just in general, uh, I've been a collector of things basically mm-hmm. forever. So comics, cards, you know, Magic the Gathering, you know, lots of sports cards. I, I've got all of it. Um, I took a, a really long break from, from comics and everything, but I was always writing. So mm-hmm. my first comic I wrote, I was was nine. <laughs> it was about uh, two cat superheroes and they fought Dr. Claw, which, you know, obviously... I didn't even think about it at the time, but that Inspector Gadget. So, <laughs> but um, sounds fantastic. That was the first one. Yeah, 
and, and and you know that was 30 years ago now and i've i've never stopped writing yeah but it's been um mostly prose and i wanted to do screenwriting so for a decade or so in the 2000s basically i wrote a, a bunch of screenplays but <laughs> never bothered to try to get anything produced and um then in probably 2012 i decided to actually go back to school and I got a degree in entertainment business, learned how much it was going to cost to make a, a film out of one of my scripts and decided to turn that one into a novel instead. So this is a long way of getting to how I got into comics. No, this is great though. This is awesome. This is because everyone's story is so different and unique. I love to hear how people get into it. So no, this is perfect. Yep. So in around that time or i guess 2014 15 i i decided to turn my screenplay shady place into a novel so that i could actually get people to read it <laughs> because when i budgeted the film it looked like it was going to cost me even on the the low end if i got like some b-level actors three four million dollars to make so didn't seem like that was something that was going to happen without any help <laughs> yeah um so i self-published that and you know the average book sells about 250 copies. We did over a, a thousand being self-published. So I was, I was very happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> the reviews were good. Um, literally has nothing to do with comics or anything in the comic industry. It's, it's basically a book about an, um, an ex detective in Philadelphia who retires to a, a 55 and up in Florida and finds out his neighbors, the mob boss, he chased his whole career. So, kind of a buddy comedy but also about accepting where you are in life because they're, they're older so yeah. completely different but one of the main themes in almost Sounds everything fantastic. i write is yeah is it's acceptance of kind you know kind of um finding yourself finding out who mm -hmm. you are because it's it's a theme you know we all struggle with pretty much i'd, I'd say most of us struggle with it i know we always a lot of us have imposter syndrome so that, <laughs> that's all yeah. part of it yep so um in around that same time when I was deciding my next project, I was just looking at my ideas and I, you know, being, having been a comic fan, you know, most of my life and having just started really getting back into comics, I, I remember it was the, the death of Wolverine that pulled me back in <laughs> that, that little uh, mini. Um, mm -hmm. So I had the idea for the couch and just looking at it, I was like, well, you know what, I'm going to learn how to write comics. And that was the first one I did. And ironically, the person who did the audiobook for Shady Place, I knew he knew a lot of people in the art community. And I said, do you happen to know any comic artists? And his brother <laughs> was a comic artist. So, so we hooked up. Um, I, I wrote the script after doing a, a lot of research and learning that there is no <laughs> set script for comics so mm. unlike screenwriting where you know it needs to be this way there's format it's pretty rigid S scripts for comics are whatever works for you and your artist so yeah. mine still kind of look like screenplays but <laughs> that's beside the point um so yeah then fr from there that's uh we did four issues together and that that's where it all started nice and that's what's so cool because you some people are like i just started right away i never read comic like so i love to hear people's stories because 
they're all different. Like, I mean, done so many interviews and this is different from everyone else's. And I think that's a beautiful thing to just get to hear uh, people's kind of origin stories of how they got into liking comics and writing comics and creating. So that's, that's great. So let's talk steak then. Cause that was a book that I got exposed to your writing and to who you are. Um, if people haven't gotten to read issue one yet, tell them what it, what it's about. Okay. Ste- steak is hard to summarize. So I do, I do my best <laughs> when I, when I do it, cause the, there's bigger overall themes, but okay. um, the, the, sh- the short version is um, vampires announce themselves to the world on national television by ripping someone's heart out. Um, the, our main character steak it was one of her good friends and she was there when it happened. So that happened three years before the story starts. And she has spent that three years basically training and becoming part of the vampire bounty hunting union, where she now is partnered with an actual vampire and their job is to track down unregistered vampires. Sounds pretty great. Doesn't it people you already people yeah. want, if they haven't read they're like, I want to go pick it up right now. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I realized the part that I, I fail with my my summary is that she is very much so a modern teenager and that mm. she, you know, she gets in trouble because she is basically live streaming when she's trying to catch some vampires, you know, and she's she's constantly on social media, but she hides her face, but she's she's always there doing that, you know, connected thing. But then in the what I've, I've seen personally, and I think is, is true. She's also lacking that personal connection with a lot of people where she, she does all this online stuff, but she doesn't really have any real life friends. Right. So it, it's not just a vampire story. It's a, the story about this girl who happens to hunt vampires. Yeah. And it's such a cool, cause it's, it adds the, the social, the social media element kind of adds another twist and another layer to um, the story that it's not just like you said, not honey, but it deals with, it seems like it's dealing with her as, like you said, as a person trying to, you know, as being a teen, like who thinks it's appropriate that she should be live streaming this. And so how did, how did Ed, this process and how did it come about of creating this story? Is this something that you've always had in the back of your mind? Is it like just one of those like ideas that came around all of a sudden one time? You know, I get asked that a lot, especially about this story. And the, the problem is, I don't remember when when the seed came. Because what happens with me is, I'll be watching a TV show, I'll be reading something, I'll be having a conversation, and then the back of my mind, I'm like, based on something I just heard, what if this happened with that? And you know, the the story was kicking around in my head for probably two or three years before I ever put it on paper. So, I mean, and that happens a lot with me. I know a lot of people write down every single idea they have. You know, they got a notebook with, you know, hundreds of ideas. I heard somewhere or read it, if you have an idea that won't go away, that's one to stick with. So I've probably got 15 or 20 of those that I don't have them written down, but because they keep, you know, they're always in the back of my head gestating, mm-hmm. becoming something more. Like if I don't wear my mind out before I go to sleep, I'll lay there for two or three hours just thinking and plotting. <laughs> so I have, I have to get really tired to go to sleep at night. But <laughs> basically, that's that's the kind of thing that would happen with like like steak. Yeah. I mean, it went through. Originally, it was a boy. Um, then I just thought that's kind of overplayed, and and then I do I do poke fun at the fact that you know obviously she's a female va- vampire hunter, so there will always be parallels to Buffy. 
Right. So, I mean, you, I think you read the second issue. Someone actually calls her Buffy and she gets pretty upset. Yeah. She was not, she was not <laughs> having that. <laughs> um, and uh, she lets, she lets them know what's up. <laughs> yeah. That cause I, I like that aspect and that <clears throat> of how you brought it in. So when you created this book with this idea, you started to put it together. Did you go and find, you know, your artists and your, uh, how did the book come together then as a team? Uh, it's actually been a, a very long process okay. on on stake. Um, the surprisingly, you know, you'd think I, I I've got money. I'm I'm ready to pay an artist to do some work. I I had to go through several that committed, then wouldn't be able to do it. Uh, the first one ended up taking uh, 18 months for 26 pages. So it it took us a, a bit longer to to get off the ground than I wanted. Yeah. I I had a you know, Derek too, is as he was basically starting to release covers for DC, um, I already had a cover from him, but that was over two years ago. That cover just hit the street in January. <laughs> so I was able to use it for um, Derek's sketch was, was insane. Like it was just the sketch that he sent me as a proposal. Okay. He let, he let me use it for an ash can. So at Megacon in 2019, I was able to put out an ash can for stake and say, hey, guys, this is coming. I assumed it was going to be out later that year. <laughs> and it yeah. wasn't it was not finished until um, we did a Kickstarter for the number one with the previous artist last March or April. OK, I don't know, with the pandemic, everything runs together. I don't yeah, know. it's all fades. when. <laughs> <laughs> so we did that. And then my, my thought with the series was to give him time i was going to do have him do six issue arcs have someone else at the same time do spinoffs so when he was working on the following arc we could be putting a spinoff out then hopefully he would be ready for the following arc after yeah. the spinoff was done and just keep the cycle going um but what happened was uh francesca who did who is the artist now she did the first spinoff issue for me she did so good and, you know, we became friends and I was telling her, you know, I, I don't know if I can keep going with the art being so slow. And she said, well, I can draw the whole thing for you if you want. <laughs> so, and, and I'm not saying her art is better than Louise. It's different. Yeah. Um, I think it really, it fits, fits the series. Yeah. Um, and by all accounts, she, she loves working on the series and we have big plans for the long term on it. That's awesome. So, Yep, we uh, she's finishing the pencils and inks on issue four now. Okay, and we we just sent the solicitation for issue six, so that'll be the first arc, and it'll be finished in August. Okay, so you you have the first arc in issue six, but the way you're talking, it sounds like you have plans to go farther than issue six, like to go be an ongoing if if things go well. Is that the plan? Uh, well, in in theory, if you if you look at that opening page of the series. It's um, Ashwin and three other vampires are there when they're killing the, the guy on TV. Mm -hmm. uh, I, the way I foresee it is her battling one per arc. So kind of like she's leveling up as, as she, she gets better. She has to take on one and, you know, she may not, she may not win. She may, may take one on in an arc, but she, you know, there's mm -hmm. no guarantee she's actually going to win the battle. Right. <clears throat> I mean, these are obviously vampires and they're, much older and more skilled than her so she's gonna have to do some kind of training along the way yeah 
Man, that's so cool. How, let me ask you this. So what's, if you don't, what's your process for um, trying to figure out like, what do you take from real world and put it into your comics and stuff? Cause I know like you mentioned, you know, just that it's a very layered story. Um, and it seems like you're dealing with, um, you know, real life issues, you know, but put into the vampire world and put into a comic book world. Um, like you notice that in issue two of just kind of, you know, dealing with some of the situations that happened in that and as well as what we're dealing with of, you know, her trying to process who she is even, you know, as an adolescent in issue one. How do you kind of determine how much you want to take from like real life world situations and stuff and put it into comic books or into your writing or does that affect it at all? Uh, I think fiction will always somewhat mirror reality. Mm. Um, even if it's it's not the same, you'll you'll be able to see themes that maybe aren't necessarily spelled out specifically, but you'll you'll recognize them. I mean, there's some obviously tones to what's going on in yeah. our world right now. You you see it very plain and clear in that that issue. Um, it's, I mean, to me, character is the most important thing in any story. Yeah. Like I can't, if I just see a book that's like a 24 page accident sequence, I get bored. Yeah. Like, like I actually, when, when we're reviewing submissions over at Scout, sometimes we will get a, what's an interesting concept, but 12 pages out of 20 of an issue are one big fight scene. To me, that that's a waste of space. Yeah. I mean, you, if you are specifically doing, okay, this is a ninja book, all is all this is about is ninjas fighting. Okay. But <laughs> there I, I'd rather have more more depth yeah. to it. So that's the where I come from. I mean, I have action sequences in mind, but they're only a couple pages. Yeah. So un, unless there's pertinent story to be revealed during that those sequences, I'm gonna keep them as short as I can, you know, yeah. while making them epic. I mean, that's the whole beauty of the medium of comics is between the panels if you know how to read a comic you're you're going to know what happened between the panels you don't necessarily right. need to see oh they punched each other seven times so here's seven panels each one landing <laughs> right yeah so, well and you do you do a good job of you know through the writing of you want a book that's full of action you put it in there for sure and because like you said those couple pages you get it but it definitely develops into the story of you know like you said the character development and i think that helps shift the world a lot of and you can see that in your writing tone that keeps it moving along um but then you also get that action like it's a very good blend um from what i've read so far so well done <laughs> yeah well it helps that francesca is so good <laughs> with her you know the expressions the the motion you can you can feel the motion in, in yeah. her art you know they I, I heard people talking about that on a, a podcast the other day. They're like, "What? Which panels from a comic can you think of that show motion?" And when I when I look through her stuff, I mean, you can just you see it. You yeah. feel like things are actually in motion in a comic, which is fantastic because it's it's a still piece of paper. <laughs> you mentioned uh, just briefly, and I know I brought it up at the beginning of the show. Um, you are one of the co-publishers at Scout Comics. Um, mm -hmm. uh, What's it like having to share a title with Charlie Stiggy? No, just <laughs> he's insufferable. Oh, that guy. <clears throat> he's he he said, "Did you see how much my Kickstarter made?" 
it's funny because when i had him on the show it was before he was co-publisher so i don't even i don't this is a new world anyways for me so i'm excited to kind of hear um what that's like for you and you know and what's what does that mean well it's it's actually a lot of fun um working with charlie is great because we we have very similar opinions on the the direction of scout as far as what kind of books we should be doing you know the creator relations retailer relations all that stuff and i don't i can't leave uh james hake out the president he's basically the one who who brought us in and <clears throat> we're we're like a hydra yeah. <laughs> we, the the three of us have very similar thoughts on a lot of things and we're just trying to help move this company forward and i think just over the last year it's been pretty remarkable i mean charlie and i came on in J july but as co-publishers, but I've been with the company since uh, spring of 2019. Okay. I was doing production. I helped with the website, things like that. And <clears throat> I mean, we've we've seen a lot of growth in, in just this year. And it, it really helped that as awful as the pandemic was, we were still able to get books to retailers, customers. Uh, we started our Retailer Direct program over that time, which allowed the shops that were open while diamond was closed they could still get books from us you know and our printer is right down the street from our headquarters in fort myers florida mm -hmm. and they never stopped printing because they were considered essential so we we were go 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 um and we're you know we've we've seen um just in that time our our website sales have grown our we, we started the subscription box, which is doing very well. Uh, I think it's, I mean, it's coming from me, one of the guys who was part of it. I think it's a fantastic idea because really, if you like our, our brand and our line, you're going to get everything. Yep. I mean, you can't, you can't beat that. And the prices is, is it's, if, and <laughs> as someone who I feel like I was, I've been on from either the first get go <clears throat> or pretty on, cause it, I felt like it started in June or July if, or maybe not, but yeah, um, roughly around then. That's when I I found out about, and I've been on from board ever since because it's such a great, like you said, if you like what Scout's putting out there, you're getting the box at a very good price. And then you don't have to worry about, like, I don't have to worry about putting Scout books on my pole of like, oh, I hope Diamond doesn't mess up my boxes, <laughs> you know, like my subscription pole this week, or I hope my shop doesn't get shorted, like, because I just know I'm going to get it in the box. <laughs> yep. So I, yeah, and, a, and I can, I can warn you, um, the i guess it'll be the may box whenever stake number three is in there uh, i did something very special <laughs> so it'll be well, very cool <laughs> and i mean i got this cover i think from yep. being in one of the boxes for stake one um, that was that was the only place you could get that cover yeah so that's like again it, you get some of those exclusives like that that's it's a really cool thing so i think like what you guys are doing over there like some of the innovation of like how you want to like i know we talked at the beginning of you know doing issue one and then waiting to give you know foc time to catch up and for retailers to order and things like that putting mm -hmm. out the subscription box like <laughs> you guys are doing some really cool strategies there that i think are um are really moving the industry and moving uh forward a lot yeah we, i mean we really just want to make sure that as many people as possible can get our books. We're the first non-DC publisher to be on Lunar. We've actually got uh, books on FOC, 
No, we are not on FOC on Diamond, but we're on FOC on Lunar. So our first FOC is next Monday for a couple mm -hmm. of titles. Nice. And uh, we've heard from um, directly from retailers that some of them only order via FOC. So they never order any scout books. Now, when they go to order their DC books, it's going to be just DC and scout. <laughs> on the list so once they scroll through all the way they're gonna be like oh what's this what's this there's more <laughs> yep so and with the thing we did that's a little different is we were coming in mid-cycle on a handful of our titles mm. like stake number four black cotton three black friday three those were going to be the first issues available through lunar so what we did is we actually uh are focing the second prints of the number ones the number twos the number threes that we had already put out through diamond they're going to be available so that they can catch up. And I, I can only imagine that if you're a store and you see, oh, number three of this series, I'm not going to order that. I don't, I didn't right. get number one and two. So right. we're, we're hoping that that helps them with, with that situation. I'm having a blast, but I don't want to uh, take up too much more of your time. So I hesitate to ask you, you have other stuff that you're working on. Do you have other things that you're putting out or getting ready to start with what you're doing already with over at scout? But um I know you mentioned uh, one of your first books, Couch, um, but is there other stuff that people can find if they want to know what you've done or if they want to, what you've got coming up? Well, you can always visit my website, davidaburn.com. Uh, that's got information about Shady Place, which was my novel, uh, The Couch. We have an issue of Spider Man out and uh, some info on Stake. Uh, we did do a spinoff issue of Stake called Stake Presents Jessamy set in the mid 18th century where she's over in Europe, but rumors from the new world have made it sound like there are basically monsters eating people on a plantation in Louisiana. So her quest becomes to go, basically her job at the time is to make sure that no one else knows vampires exist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so she comes to the new world to handle her business. Um, that we've got issue one of that out. We're going to be kickstarting the other two, uh -huh. hopefully this year. Uh, I Frances can't, can't draw it until she finishes with uh, the main series for Scout, and then hopefully in a year or two, those will those will come out through Scout as well at some point. Cool. Yep. Um, I mean, I've got dozens of projects, but I can't talk about them. <laughs> That's usually how it goes. <laughs> Gang, everything, uh, David, that he said uh, is listed below, uh, website, how to get connected. Uh, if people want to follow you, uh, is social media, what's what's a good way for people to stay connected? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Both are DAB282, uh, DAB282. So I know it's not, it's kind of not creative, but it's it's been my moniker for 25 years. So why, why change now? <laughs> right. So again, those will all be linked below. So um, and David, thank you so much for taking some time out of your schedule to just talk about your book, working at Scout um, and just sharing your story of comics with us. Anytime. Thank you. All right. With that being said, hopefully you all can uh, find some time to curl up, grab a book and nerd out. Peace.